And what it really comes down to is you either make, need to make a choice. You're going to be a high, high hourly rate person conceptually and just charge a lot for your services and be kind of a lone wolf or a small firm, small headcount. Or you need to really standardize, drive adoption, drive process, drive improvements and become a bigger firm. And we've chosen the, the process centric approach and scalability and investments in software to make ourselves big. But if you get caught in the middle, you just drive yourself crazy. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, a show for accountants and bookkeepers using cloud technology to make their jobs more strategic and impactful. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. Our guest today for this bonus episode is Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting. Cruise Consulting is a fast-growing startup CFO consulting firm that works with over 160 startup clients. They're based in San Francisco with clients in the Bay Area, Los Angeles, and New York. In addition to his operations responsibilities, Scott runs the venture debt consulting practice at Cruise. And in his spare time, Scott publishes the Founders and Friends podcast, uh, which I am so honored to have been a guest on. And uh, you should definitely subscribe to that as well. So, Scott, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. And that was an awesome intro. I I wish I could like record that and then just play it for every new prospect I talk to on the phone. Viewer, I'll be like, I'm introducing my very special friend, Blake Oliver, to start the pitch here. <laughs> and then I'll just come in with the, the nuts and bolts of Cruise Consulting. Uh, it's going to be recorded because it is a podcast. So you could totally just play the podcast on every phone call. We're totally down with that. <laughs> I love it. Well, we've been friends for a long time. I've been looking forward to this. You were an awesome guest on our podcast and uh, I want to return the favor. And I also want to say just up front, Blake writes a really good weekly newsletter on cloud accounting that I've been, I've probably been a subscriber for like three years and I really like it. I read it every week and it comes out Sunday nights. And uh, so definitely check that out. It's, it's, you're doing a great service to the community, Blake. Oh, well, thank you so much, Scott. And thanks, thanks for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. And Scott, I don't think you and I have ever met. So it's nice to meet you finally in person. Um, but I, I just have you quite a question. Like, how did you get to where you're at? Because like, I look at your, your bio and it's like, hey, you're, you're kind of in this like consulting VC thing. And you're, yeah. Was it like, hey, I built an accounting firm and a booking practice first and I concentrated on startups and I worked my way up the ladder and then I got really into the startup scene and now um, I'm managing uh, an investment funds and et cetera, et cetera. Or, does it, or did you come from that background first down into the accounting bookkeeping yeah. world? Uh, well, I have a good little story, I think. It actually all starts with my wife, Vanessa Cruz, whose Cruise Consulting is named after. She actually started Cruise Consulting six years ago. In her quick background, she was a Deloitte tax CPA controller at a startup that went from 5 to $20 million in revenue in two and a half years. So she lived the crazy startup growth curve. That company was bought, and so she started Cruise Consulting. And you know, we only work with startups, um, and that was Vanessa's design from day one. Um, but I had been working, I, I watched what she was building. She is really the one who built cruise consulting. When I joined three years ago, we had something like 60 clients that she was servicing by herself or with one other person. She's really amazing. She's like a accounting savant and a tax savant. Um, so she really laid the, the groundwork. So I'm the classic, you know, when you're, when you're starting a company or joining a startup, you either want to start the company cause you have a great idea, which is who Vanessa was in this scenario. Or you want to find a really good entrepreneur to piggyback on. And that's me. I had been working you know, in investment banking and venture debt for nine years. Worked my way with a partner at Lighthouse Capital. Did about $100 million worth of debt deals. You know, Angie's List, Elance, Zest Cash, Serena Lilly, Impossible Foods, Jay Hilburn. Tons of companies. 
but I, I didn't really find it that fulfilling. It was, it was, it was okay. It was, it was a good, it was good. I learned a lot, but I really wanted to build something. And at the time, Vanessa was my girlfriend and I had watched her build the foundation of cruise consulting. And so I jumped in three years ago as the fourth team member. And then fast forward three, I guess three and a half years ago now, we're at 40 team members and we have 170 monthly recurring clients. Um, so really, you know, I, this all was fueled by my desire to build a company. I'd always wanted to do that. My mom was an entrepreneur. Obviously my wife was an entrepreneur and I wanted that kind of, uh, for better or worse, I wanted the, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and I've, and I've received it and it's been 90% of it's been awesome. And 10% of it's been really hard and difficult and sleepless nights and in the conference room at two in the morning and things like that. But, uh, but I wouldn't trade a minute of it. So Scott, you uh, have an MBA, which I think is always good when there's at least one MBA running an accounting firm, because you know uh, the fundamentals of business. And I've always felt connected with you. And I know now why. It's because you have an MBA from Kellogg at Northwestern University. And I, I was a music major there. I remember. I, I remember the first time we met at ExpensiCon. You were telling me you were an undergrad at, at uh, Northwestern, right? And then you started your accounting practice out of undergrad. Yeah. And actually, uh, you were there uh, doing your MBA when I was an undergrad. Well, we had a couple of rough winters there. That's what brought me back to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here, I'd, lo I'd love to get your take on, uh, you know, as, as a business guy um, who has gotten now into the world of accounting services, right? Um, like, what are you guys doing that that makes you different in a business sense from a traditional accounting firm? Yeah, it's a great question. I think... Two things. First, you know, it actually, again, it comes back to Vanessa's fundamentals. We, we recognize, and you did too, Blake, like you started on zero right out of college, I think, starting your accounting practice. Vanessa recognized that cloud accounting software was going to completely disrupt the entire market. And so I'll never forget when I was still at Lighthouse, still working at Venture Capital, she came home one day and was like, I just met this company. They're going to do payroll in the cloud and they're going to save me two hours per client every two weeks. It's amazing. It's the coolest company I've ever seen. You should invest in them. And of course, she was talking about Zen Payroll, which became Gusto at the time. And that was six, <laughs> I think that was six years ago. And I think Gusto's valuation was $5 million. It was a three-person company at the time. And you guys probably know they just closed it around at $2 billion. So of course, I'm, I'm an idiot and was like, who cares about <laughs> payroll? That's so boring. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to invest in some internet thing, you know. But she saw it right away. She's also the, per I mean, she was getting Gusto, their first clients. She was getting Expensify, their first clients. She was getting Bill.com, some of their early clients. So, so when you go with Vanessa to all these uh, vendors, you know, our, our payroll, billing, you know, all these guys, she's like a freaking celebrity there because she's one of the people that made them successful. I think you did the same thing at Zero. Like you were one of the people getting Zero, a lot of clients in the early days in the U.S., to a to a slightly smaller extent um, yeah. than you know where you guys are now with you know forty employees that's yeah. really cool yeah but it's it's the same continuation of the same exact trend so so I think the to answer your question the first thing is that we recognize that software can bring the total cost of servicing these clients down and also help us provide better service because it standardizes so much it gives you such better workflows. And the clients really respond to that, especially our client base. They freaking love it mm -hmm. because most of them are building something to make some industry a lot more efficient. And then the second thing is Vanessa is very, very talented at building business processes. And so when you, you know, as I've watched the business processes in the monthly review and the tax process and our state registrations and payroll, all these things evolve. 
everything has redundancy built into it now. Everything is designed to make sure we deliver like 110% service so that no mistakes fall through the cracks. And as you guys probably know, especially Blake, because you've, you've operated, accounting is one of these industries which is so tough because um, the clients often don't understand what we're doing. It's kind of like being a doctor. They really rely on you for your expertise and your diagnosis and make sure you're doing it correctly. But they do, they will notice like the one mistake out of the 1,000 things you did. And so right. there's this error rate of like, maybe it's 0.1% or 0.01%. But the client will often notice that, and that's all they focus on. And so we've really tried hard to get get that error rate down from maybe maybe it was two percent in the old days, you know, before cloud accounting software, mm-hmm. before Vanessa, someone like Vanessa could build awesome processes. And now we've got it down to probably 0.1 percent, and we're still trying to push that. It's kind of like we kind of want to be like a telco, you know, that's always up, always working. Whenever you click power on the phone, you get a, a dial tone. That's how we want to be. So I think for us, it's, it's, you know, yes, I have an MBA. Yes, I understand business. Yes, I understand operations and things like that. But really, I've learned almost everything just doing it here. I was operating at Lighthouse and Venture Capital at this super high level. And again, it wasn't that fun for me because I wasn't, I had kind of done that and I understood how that worked and it wasn't like I wasn't really learning. And so joining Cruise and seeing what Vanessa has built and being a part of that has is, is been really, really fun. And we just keep doing the same thing. The crazy thing is we just keep working on automation. We just keep working on better training of our employees and better servicing of our clients. And it just keeps working. It's, it's really fun to have kind of found the formula. And now we're just in super execution mode. Yeah, it sounds like you're kind of starting to appreciate the process. Um, I think I've, I've started to see this with people more and more where it's fine to own your own firm. It's fine to do this. It's fine to have all this flash. But really digging in and automating and creating your processes and uh, training your employees. And like, that's the grind. But if you can appreciate that grind, it really makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I think like you, you've discovered, like you like it. it it's, it, it's uh, fulfilling for you. For sure, David. And you make a great point. I think uh, I have a lot of people and Vanessa has a lot of people. We always joke that her old Deloitte classmates always email her and like, Hey, how did you do this? You know? And what it really comes down to is you either make, need to make a choice. You're going to be a high, high hourly rate person conceptually and just charge a lot for your services and be kind of a lone wolf or a small firm, small headcount, or you need to really standardize, drive adoption, drive process, drive improvements and become a bigger firm. And we've chosen the the process centric approach and scalability and investments in software to make ourselves big. But if you get caught in the middle, you just drive yourself crazy. We've had a bunch of people basically um, drive, reach out to us and say like, I can't do this anymore. It's, it's driving me crazy. Um, I'm not, I, I need to get out of the accounting profession, you know? And so we look at those people, we feel bad for them, but what we're really seeing is someone who got caught in the middle and either didn't go hourly, a uh, high hourly or build a scalable company. Uh, let's talk about building a scalable company a little bit. Um, now sounds great. Um, you know, implementing technology and, and standardizing processes and stuff, but it doesn't happen overnight. You guys cruise consulting was small for a while and then you got, then you started growing fast. So how, how long did it take you to to really nail down at least to a sort of minimum viable product point the 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 service yeah, delivery? It's a great point. It's kind of like building a house. So the you know you're doing all this foundational work that no one really sees, and you're only kind of three feet above the ground. Um, but you're doing all the things that lay the groundwork for you to grow faster and, and get bigger in the future. And I would actually I was actually just talking to our VP of technology today that we've had actually probably two or three of these time periods where we were 
foundation laying. And then all of a sudden we have this like, you know, add 10 team members in six months or whatever kind of growth and add tons of clients. And so we're, we're actually in one of those modes right now. And one of the things we just launched is something called venture debt fetch, which is basically, um, uh, breaking down or analyzing term sheets for our startup clients from the debt providers. And I used to do that work. So it's easy for me, but it would be easy for me to go out, you know, to our previous conversation. Like I could go charge a super high rate and probably make plenty of money, but it wouldn't be scalable. So if you go to venture debt on the cruise consulting page, or just type in venture debt fetch, you'll see that we've automated a big part of this process. We've automated the portion of connecting you to lenders and we're working on automating the actual term sheet analysis and so it's a really good example of like for the last three to six months, we've been working on this foundational layer for the debt process that no one really knows about and no one even sees on our website. And then now it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And now I think I'm doing five venture debt deals. And when I get off the phone with you guys at noon, I'm on a board call for a venture debt deal. You know, so like so that's a good example of like you're kind of servicing your clients and, and perfecting your processes. And then you see a growth opportunity. And it might take you six months or a year to really get after that growth opportunity, um, figure out what you need to do, and then build build the product or service around that that can automate and institutionalize it. But once you do that, then you experience the second leg of growth or, an, or a third or fourth leg of growth. And that's, that's, I think, the fun part for us now. That's where it's getting really, really exciting. That's awesome. I love that example of that service. Uh, such a, a niche offering for a niche, uh, audience that you have totally a niche. And it's something that confuses every CEO. Most of the boards don't know what's going on, even though they think they do. And, and by the way, there's a reoccurring theme here. Guess who was the person who told me we should do this? My wife, Vanessa, like I was the the dummy who was doing (laughs) the high dollar amount consulting, not scalable. And she's like, looked at me one night a couple, it was a couple years ago. And she's like, well, you should just automate this and make this like a, you know, and I was like, Oh, you're pretty smart. I'm going to do that. You know? So, so are you, are you, um, fixing the fees on this type of service? Are you doing an hourly? We're going to do a fixed fee. Yeah. Right now we're in beta because I'm trying to figure out kind of how much to charge. I know you've written a lot of stuff on, you know, how do you charge appropriately and how do you charge a fixed fee? And so we're, we're doing kind of loosely fixed fee, but I'm still tracking my hours and still Mm -hmm. reporting back to the clients on that stuff. So it's really an exercise right now in like a customer development and figuring out how much we're supposed to charge. But I can tell you that we can do it very, very efficiently. I'm, I'm, I'm super mm-hmm. excited. Like I know we'll be able to undercut the rest of the industry by 50 to 75%. It's, so now it's just kind of pricing it so that we make it accretive to cruise consulting, but also uh, uh, no sticker shock for our clients. You know what I mean? Well, that, so you've done, I mean, you're doing it in pieces, right? Which you can't just roll something out like this out immediately. And and so you've kind of figured out, okay, what's the service offering? What's the marketing around it? How do I sell it to my customers? And now you're going to figure out, uh, you know, okay, realistically, given how much effort this takes, what is That's it worth? That's exactly it. Right? Um, or rather, it shouldn't be based on your effort. It should be based on the value to them, right? That's exactly it. It's providing, I mean, I can drive the cost I can probably save clients anywhere from 200000 to a million dollars in interest, depending on how big the deal is. And I can save them a material amount of uh, points in their company. You know, an average venture debt deal probably uh, results in maybe 50 basis points for the lender in the form of warrants. You know, so the, the lender is going to make a high interest loan or a risky loan. 
and they're going to charge a healthy amount, but it's it's very valuable for the startup because they get runway extension and don't have to raise more equity at that right at that very moment. So there's there's a yeah. there's a really nice kind of everyone benefits type of situation. And the lender usually gets kind of 0.5% yeah. to 1%. But just like yesterday, I, we were finishing a deal and the, the CEO wasn't super focused on market coverage. But I was like, hey, you're giving up like 1.25% of your company. Let's at least get that down to 1% so I can sleep at night. And sure enough, we went back to the, the lender and they accommodated pretty much because I knew exactly how to ask that lender and point out kind of the metrics and how they were getting a really sweet deal. And sure enough, I saved that guy 0.25% of his entire company with one kind of conversation, right? I mean, that's wow. the valuation on the company is I think $40 million right now. So that's, you know, what, $100,000 of value, but that, that stock is going to go up in value quite a bit, I think. Um, over the next couple of years. So it's just, you know, things like this where when you're an expert and if you can, the, the challenge is I know I can do that over and over again. It's just how do I automate it and make it so I can serve 100 clients and not just five clients? You know what I mean? What you just did there, saving him that 0.25%, you can't look at that in terms of hours, in terms of value, because if he becomes the next Gusto, you've just saved him millions of dollars. Yeah, that's exactly it. And he's, he got, the CEOs get that, especially when it comes to equity, because they're, um, they're the ones raising the venture capital and they see the price of their equity over time and they know how valuable it is. So yeah, it's, it's, um, I really like it. I mean, I'm having, you can probably tell my voice, I'm having a really good time. Like I said, it's hard. We also had a baby seven months ago. I think I saw you Blake when we just had the baby and I was getting no sleep. And now yep. thankfully we're sleep training and we're getting a lot of sleep, although we had a rough night last night. So I may be bouncing around too much, <laughs> but, um, so it's, we're just living the life. Um, but it's fun. And, you know, we're blessed to have really great clients and a really great team and things are all going the right direction. But I'm sure you experience this in your practice. Like things can, you can get derailed slightly in one area and you got to spend some time and fix that. And usually we, we look at that as an opportunity because usually what's happening is we've gotten big enough where a manual process or something that wasn't very clearly defined was working well enough for us. And then that breaks and then we, because of the extra volume or because of the extra demands or because the clients are getting bigger or whatever it is. And then we see, okay, we can actually automate this or we can build a better process around it. And so you're at some level, you're kind of running around, putting your finger in the, in the dike that's sprung a leak. But what we try to do is, is build a, you know, build a second level or second layer on that dike and make sure that's going to withstand, you know, 170 clients. And hopefully next year it'll be 300 clients. It's it's not super clear, I think, for people listening, but this is truly a niche story, right? It's not clear like, oh, I just do dental office or breweries, but I look at like what's what they've done with Cruise Consulting and they're focused on startups, which is their niche. But because of that, they were able to um, get into that higher level than I have. I've talked about this in some of my presentations before, right? You're getting that higher level where because you're niche, you're an expert. Now you're getting to you're you're extracting value from clients, right? But you're providing more value, and you're getting into new opportunities that didn't exist. Like you could not be creating this whole new product offering, right? If you're just an accounting firm that was a general, I totally agree. Right? You wouldn't even know that this 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 uh, opportunity exists. So I just think if you go back and really look at, listen to your story, like think about it that way in the the niche sense, and like you are totally a niche story. It's just it's not obvious because you just say startups, right? I think you nailed it, David. And you know that was Vanessa. We realized that early early on, and by I mean you said. 
I think you kind of kindly downplayed it, but we provide a tremendous amount of value to our clients. Like one of the testimonials I just got was from the, from one of the CEOs who raised a nice big up round was I didn't get a single question on my financials after I sent them over to the, the VCs for diligence. Like they were just nails, you know, and can you imagine like when you're closing a venture, venture capital term sheet, there's a tremendous amount of stress and not having to worry about your financials being accurate and actually presenting a positive picture of the company instead of apologizing that you use like a bookkeeper off of Yelp or Craigslist and that is totally screwed up. And by the way, I haven't filed my taxes in two years and da, 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 da. We just, we just provide a ton of value and it's fun because of that. You know, our clients actually really like us. Like I hear in the, and we, you know, everyone has a couple clients that are difficult and I hear stories when I get together with other accountants about how difficult their clients are. But you know, when you're providing value in the way that we're fortunate to be providing it, 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 a lot of those things kind of solve themselves. Awesome. Hey, Scott, thanks so much. That's all the time we've got today. If people want to learn more about cruise consulting or connect with you online, where's the best place for them to do that? cruiseconsulting.com cruise the k uh, k-r-u-z-e consulting.com and if you're interested in venture.fetch you can just type in uh, venture.fetch into google this this thing called google i think it's going to be pretty big <laughs> um or you can just go to our website and at the top of the thing one of the links is is venture.net click that check it out and again we're automating the venture debt process we connect you to lenders if you want to talk to more lenders we know them all and then we also analyze the term sheets it's it's, it's fun it's fun this is my baby as you can probably tell and we're we're uh so far it's working pretty well so we're excited well, good luck to you and, and your wife on uh, the two babies that you have, Cruise Consulting and, and, your, uh, and, and your little one. Awesome. Thanks, Blake. David, thank you so much. Great to meet you. And, and again, for the audience, I really recommend Blake's uh, newsletter. It is really, really good. <laughs> well, thanks for the pitch. Cool. All right, guys. Take care. Hey, thanks, Scott. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's do it real quick. You yeah. guys are going to laugh because I'm recording in the elevator shaft of our, because we are out of conference rooms right now. And I have what, eight smiling faces staring at me as they wait for the elevator to come so they can go to lunch. So <laughs> this will be the funny story. Are you still recording? You were looking yeah. for a funny story, right? The cruise yeah. consult. You guys, can you guys, you guys want us here? Let me take the headphones out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. On that note, we'll uh, call it a day. Hey, thanks a lot, Scott. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for squeezing me in guys.